Welcome to the Edutainer Podcast. My name is Erin Albert. In this podcast, we explore the intersection between education and entertainment. Stay tuned for another episode coming up next. Hey everybody, it's Erin Albert. It is Saturday, April 23rd, 2022, and is it the beginning of the end or the end of a new beginning? Sorry I've been away, folks, for various reasons. One of them being all the controversies that we've had with one of the podcast platforms. Really debated, struggled with whether or not to publish publicly on that particular platform. But, drumroll please, I have made the final decision that I, for season six, am shutting the Edutainer podcast down. It is coming to the end. But on today's episode, this the last episode of season six of the Edutainer podcast, I wanted to do a top seven miniseries roundup for you for the Edutainer podcast ever since inception. I went back through all the archives, dusted them off, and today I'm going to give you the top seven miniseries that you can go back and listen to because several of these, by the way are pretty evergreen, meaning that they are still in date. They are still in play. They are still relevant and helpful, hopefully, to you at that intersection of education and entertainment. First, before I get into the series, I want to talk a little bit about my decision to shut down season six and close the podcast at least for a while. I don't know. I may be back in the future, but not right now. So podcasting, I think, has changed pretty significantly over the course of not only the pandemic, but even post-pandemic here now that we're living in the endemic phase of the uh, SARS-CoV-2 virus and all its subvariants. I think the way that we have worked in this country is changed or is changing. Hopefully it's for the better. As I record this on Earth Day weekend, one of the improvements I think is that more and more of us are working in a hybrid environment or working from home, which I actually think is a good thing. However, that kind of hurts podcasting in a lot of respects because I know I used to listen on a regular basis to podcasts being in the car. And frankly, I'm just not in the car that much anymore, which actually from the environmental standpoint is a great thing. But from a podcast listening standpoint is not such a great thing. Secondly, I've noticed that between LinkedIn audio and Clubhouse, there's been a shift from podcasting to be recorded into the movement of being live in real time. And in my mind, that is actually a huge benefit if you as the listener can interact real time with your speaker or speakers. I think the era of Clubhouse certainly was a different experiment when it came to podcasting. 
And now with LinkedIn audio and live streaming, both podcast audio and video, I think that podcasting has really evolved. And I think it's evolved in a positive direction in that if you benefit from being able to interact real time with your speaker, that is a win-win. Now, I still feel very, I guess, passionately about audio rather than video. Video is great if there's something extra in that layer that you're benefiting from, whereas audio, I think, I'll be honest, it's less of a burden on the speaker and or the guest because not only do you have to worry about how you sound, but you also have to worry about how you look. And as much as we like to talk about the era of authenticity, being real, etc., let's be honest, and I'm looking at the ladies when I say this predominantly, I'm not going to go looking horrible uh, on video. I just, I, I don't think that helps anybody's brand. And that means you got to show up and you got to dress up and you got to look nice and you got to put makeup on. And for those who adamantly disagree with me, I respect your opinion, but at the end of the day, it adds an extra layer of things you have to worry about. Whereas the true heart and philosophical motion and notion behind podcasting is to really have a rich, deep, valuable conversation. It's not about what people look like, uh, in my opinion. So I am going to always be a fan of audio casting rather than vodcasting. And that's just my opinion, my opinion only. If you see me on video, yes, I made an extra effort to look nice. And I'll leave it at that. But anyway, uh, those are the major reasons why I think it's time to close down season six of the Edutainer podcast. Now, is this to say that I'll never be podcasting again? Honestly, I don't have an answer to that today. I see value in podcasting. I love interviewing people. I have this curiosity about myself that I just like to bring out in people. It's fun for me. But stay tuned. You never know. You'll just have to either follow me on LinkedIn or social media and stay tuned to the magic that will be unfolding in the next few months. All right. So with that, let's get into it today. Since this is the last episode, I wanted to do a rundown of the top seven series, mini series right here at this tiny little podcast to make it easy and convenient for you, the listener, if you haven't caught some of our mini-series here at The Edutainer, I would encourage you to go back and give it a listen. It might be helpful to you and or if you're interested in the topics. And to be honest, The Edutainer podcast really never set out philosophically to just focus on pharmacy or healthcare. We focused on a lot of different topics, but it ended up being that some of the most popular mini-series either A, had everything to do with healthcare and pharmacy, or B, had nothing to do whatsoever with healthcare and pharmacy. So I'll throw that caution or that disclaimer out there for you. 
All right, so let's get into it. I'm going to run number seven to number one, seven being the least popular of the bunch and number one being the most popular miniseries. And you can go back and listen to these. You can search the episodes. I believe they're all online now. So the first miniseries in number seven that was the most popular of all time here at the Edutainer actually was the Punk Rock Pharmacy miniseries. And this was kind of rolled out in tandem with the book experiment that I put together in 2021, also entitled Punk Rock Pharmacy. That series and it all actually started from a blog post miniseries where I compared and contrasted punk rock and the punk rock movements that have happened globally. There's really three different waves of punk rock, by the way, and juxtapose that with and against pharmacy. And so it was an interesting experiment, one that a lot of you are really interested in as well. So I was glad to see that that series came up in the top seven. And it's interesting how the sense of rebellion within the roots of punk rock pharmacy now, I think, are also taking root in pharmacy. And pharmacy as a profession has not been rebellious. <laughs> We've been a profession that likes to go along, get along, help out, and be part of the solution. But now, with all the things that have happened, I'm starting to see some rebellion inside pharmacy. And frankly, I think that's a good thing. Pharmacy and healthcare in the U.S. are pretty jacked up. And so I think it's important for us as pharmacists to start taking stands, taking point of views, and trying to truly fix and help and be helpful within the healthcare paradigm in a whole new and different way. And sometimes that means taking a stand. Also, sometimes that means being comfortable with being uncomfortable. So there you go. Punk Rock Pharmacy miniseries number seven. Moving on to number six. This was actually a surprise to me, but it was the 31 Days of Phenomenal Pharmacists. This was during National Pharmacist Month in 2021, which is in October. And every day on the podcast, I featured at least one pharmacist that was phenomenal in my world, my tiny little world of pharmacy. So many great people that were featured in that miniseries. I'm glad you really enjoyed it as well. If you're not sure who I focused on during those 31 days of Phenomenal Pharmacist, go back and check out that miniseries back in October of 21. Might be some surprises in there. Might be some people for you to consider following for your consideration. Okay, number five. Anything in general, and then I also did a mini-series on this, was associations, societies, tribes, and organizations within pharmacy. So throughout the podcast seasons, I've had individual interviews with people that are the heads of societies, associations, or organizations, but... I also had a mini-series that focused on several different tribes and organizations in pharmacy, and that one came up very popular as well. I think it's absolutely critical to join forces with other professionals anytime you are in a profession, a guild, uh, any kind of trades. It's important to 
share your voice in a louder group of other voices to elevate the profession. However, on the other hand, I also don't think it's wise to join all the associations and all the organizations and never get involved. So through this mini-series and through the conversations that we've had over the years here at The Edutainer, I wanted you to think about having a good fit or a few fits for you as you are a professional pharmacist in this instance or in healthcare for that matter, and whether or not the organization in question or that I was interviewing the leaders of was a good fit for you. Because not every organization or association is going to be a good fit. And let's be honest, it costs money, it costs time, and it costs resources to join these organizations. So just like trying on a pair of shoes, I want you to get a good fit for you. And that was really the philosophical reason why I thought it was important to interview these folks in associations and tribes. I'm glad you found that helpful and useful because, again, that was definitely in the top five mini-series of listens for all time. Moving on, number four, I ran a mini-series for a couple of weeks uh, called The New Normal, and we looked at how the pandemic, kind of in the middle of the pandemic, actually, was changing our approach to not only healthcare and pharmacy, but a lot of other aspects as well. And that mini series had a variety of professionals with different points of view about not necessarily the pandemic itself, but how the pandemic was changing their areas of their own professions. I think that's an important thing to keep our eye on, particularly right now with the great resignation, the great reshuffle, whatever you want to call it. I think we're still undergoing that change, that acceleration. And so I was pleased to see that the new normal resonated with all of you being in the top four all-time miniseries. So if you haven't caught those conversations in the new normal series, I would encourage you to go back and listen to those as well. All right. Moving on to the top three. These are the top three most listened to miniseries here at the Edutainer podcast of all time, <laughs> basically. Number three has anything and everything to do with certificates, certifications, and lifelong learning. I did have a certifications miniseries. Of course, one of the things that we ran on an annual basis for the last few years was what I call pharmatology or bracketology during the spring when we looked at the top association meetings or, in this case, the top certifications for and through pharmacy and healthcare, the associations, the groups that put them out. And so this certifications miniseries ran in tandem a year ago along with the actual pharmatology brackets. So I think any time that I can see a directory and hear about what different training and development opportunities are out there right now as a professional in healthcare, I think it would be super helpful because part of being a professional is that we signed up for lifelong learning. And I know certifications, certificates tend to get trashed 
quite a bit right now, but I disagree with that fundamentally. I think we all need to step up, learn more, learn about how things are changing, and then figuring out how those technologies, those changes can be applied to improve patient care and to pharmacy practice. So I know, for example, right now, test and treat, there are a couple new certificates, certifications around testing and treating, which I think is an outstanding area for all of us to understand as pharmacists. And so I think it's really important to kind of see, just like we talked about back in number five with associations and societies, you need to try on different certificates and certifications, continuing education to figure out what is the best fit for you, because you can't do everything. So what do you want to do right now? And or how can that education and that knowledge boost you into your next career move? So certifications, number three. I was surprised by number two. And so one of the things that I've been asked to do a couple of times is turn my books into audiobooks, and I've just resisted for a myriad of reasons. Time and money being two of them, but uh, actually Kim Newlove, who is a fellow podcaster, suggested that I turn 46 Doses of Advice, the book that I wrote for early career right out of school pharmacy professionals, into an audiobook. And instead of doing a full-blown audiobook, I picked random chapters a couple of summers ago and read a chapter per episode. And when I say chapter, my chapters were very small in those in that book. It was really meant as a book as kind of a guide to the first year out of pharmacy school for your career. And so Believe it or not, that 46 Doses of Advice miniseries was pretty popular. So I don't know if if the reason was that you all wanted to hear me read my own book. I think it's probably less that and more about you wanted to hear the actual content. The whole reason why I wrote 46 Doses of Advice was that I kept getting asked as a professor of pharmacy, usually 18 to 24 months post-graduation for a lot of students, they would boomerang back into my email inbox and they'd say, you know, Dr. Albert, I've been in community practice or I finished my residency. Is this all there is for my career? And of course, the answer to that is no. But sometimes when you're early in your career, you only have one experience to really go from. So I wanted to share not only my own experiences, but show a variety of different options to think about when you're launching your own career development. It is not one and done. If you don't pick a job that you really love right out of school, it's not a problem. You can change. You can adapt. You can move on. You can evolve. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Frankly, I... The longer I've been in the profession of pharmacy and now law, I have to say careers and jobs are like seasons. You go through different periods of your life and your life and your job and your work are innately intertwined. Sometimes your life dictates or leads what type of work you should be doing. Sometimes your career and your work can be in the front seat driving and your life is in the passenger seat. 
And either way, it's okay, and things change over time. So that's really why I had written 46 Doses of Advice. And I'm glad that some of you found it helpful. Uh, That warms my heart. So thank you for uh, listening to that. I appreciate it. And then last but not least, drumroll please for number one. And I've talked about this series several times as being a fan popular series. And that is the Sanditon Jane Austen Fan Fiction Writers miniseries here at the podcast. Again, it has absolutely nothing to do with pharmacy and healthcare. Yet, all the Sanditon fan fiction writers uh, were kind enough to share their experiences right here on this podcast. And a lot of you loved it. You, It was far and away my number one miniseries. I am grateful for this after just having watched the second season of Sanditon on Masterpiece and PBS. And I honestly do believe that but for the fan base with Sanditon, the seasons two and three would never have been shot without the ruckus that the Sanditon sisterhood and fan base put into the universe out there. So I am so glad to have been part of that. The fan fiction writers are great. They had very interesting points of view and very strong points of view, particularly around the characters in Sanditon and what type of ending they wanted to see or what type of plot they wanted to see the characters of Sanditon living in and around. And I've said it several times here on the podcast, fiction scares the you-know-what out of me to write as a writer. Like, I can write nonfiction all day long. Give me the facts. Give me some analysis. I'm your girl. But, But when you're coming up with fiction, that all comes out of your head. And sometimes that can be a very scary thing. So for me, I really just wanted to get around the fan fiction writers and hear how their thought process worked around writing and developing the characters in a plot or in a time point that they thought would be interesting to write about and taking very strong opinions on characters and plopping them literally in different time points and different eras in modern era etc I just thought that was absolutely fascinating as a writer and I'm so thankful that the fan fiction writers came on to this miniseries and shared their mindsets with you and me <laughs> frankly So there you go. There were the seven most popular miniseries of all time here at the Edutainer Podcast. This is my last episode for season six. Again, will I be back? I don't know. TBD on that. But you're welcome to connect with me over at LinkedIn, at Twitter. I'm at Aaron L. Albert. And... I'd love to hear from you. Uh, Thank you so much for being a listener and a fan over the last few years. It's been a privilege and an honor to serve you, the listeners, as well as the professions of pharmacy and healthcare. We've still got a lot of work to do in pharmacy and healthcare. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. But I am going to figure out ways to serve the profession in a kind of maybe different way moving forward. I'm excited to uh, see what that might unfold as in the future. 
And for now, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I'm not going to pull the episodes down. They'll be here. They'll live on. And I'm just so grateful for this opportunity and to spend some time with you. Y'all take care. Stay tuned. Please feel free to reach out on LinkedIn or online on social media. And I look forward to following your action in the future as well. Thanks for listening to the final episode, season six of the Edutainer podcast. My name is Erin Albert. You can follow me over at LinkedIn or my website at erinalbert.com. I'm Erin L. Albert over at Twitter. And all the links to how you can connect with me are included in show notes today. Thanks to all my listeners for listening throughout the years. I appreciate each and every one of you. Thanks as well to all of my guests during the Edutainer podcast. Without you, the podcast would not exist. Everyone take care, and I'm sure someday our paths will cross again soon.